This is week six of fantasy football. This is our third week of the podcast. I got to say, I'm really enjoying it. It's going great. Uh, I am, of course, Robert Trey Mason. To my left will always be Dean. You keep it so clean, Tiki Barber. And today, Dean, we have a special guest. Okay. Sitting to your left is Jeff Le'Veon Bell. What do you say, Jeff? Hey guys, how's it going? Uh, congrats on the new show. It's a beautiful studio. I'm proud of you guys. Yeah, we're having a blast. It's been it's been great for for the first two weeks. Uh, hopefully, it continues. And if not, I you know that's on them. They don't like it. Yeah, yeah. So far, I think a, a lot of us have been received pretty well. Uh, expectedly, though, a little bit of backlash. That's right. And you're gonna have that when when you're laying down some some heat. And you're holding people accountable for their teams and and the way they're performing and managing their teams, you're gonna get you're gonna get a little brushback from people. They they you know that's just the way it is. Yeah, uh, as we can see, some people are, are pretty up in arms about some of the things that have been said on the podcast in previous weeks. Uh, we're just here to, to tell it like it is. We're just here to tell it like it is, and if you don't like it, we have an email address. Send it to that. It's www.podcastdupostfinestpodcast.com slash backslash. Uh, yourself, uh, your mom's. That was, that's a long email address. Hopefully they can remember that. If not, like you said, uh, and, and I got to tell you, what a week we had in week five. What a week. It was I, dare I say the most exciting week so far in the season? We talked about it last week. It was one that we were really excited to see what happens, and boy, did it live up to all the hype. I, I'd have to say turning point for a lot of teams. Turning point. We've been expecting this week to happen, um, you know, for the last two weeks of the season, really. I, there were some matchups in weeks before, previous to this last week that just happened. We were like, oh, d- is this where this team turns the corner? Is this where it happens? Well, last week was where that happened for a lot of teams. Absolutely. And, and we're going to go right in to the opening drive of this week. It's presented by the Little Woods. You can find it right next to the. Uh, to the warm-up practice field for the football team right there where they park the buses. It's a nice little place to go, check out some bugs, maybe count some leaves, find some poison ivy. It's a beautiful place to go. Maybe find a random bridge that you just walk across a creek. I don't know. It's a nice place to go to. Yeah, I just got handed this by the mayor. I want to read this copy. It's uh, Littlewoods. Have a walkabout. Mm, nice. I like that. Short and simple. Yeah, I like that. Uh Let's talk about what happened last week. Let's really dive into this. Now, Jeff, give me your take on what you thought coming in. Now, you, this is your first time at the show, so let's let's get your input on what you thought um, about last week's matchups. 
Now, what game in particular are you talking about here? Well, let's go right into uh, let's let's go into the uh, Blue Water Tower against the Dick Knuckle Push. Now, last the the week before that, the Knuckle Push kind of stumbled a little bit. They were looking to rebound, going against a team that probably, you know, projected they were they were projected to lose already. Um, how do you think the Knuckle Push responded to getting beat the week before? I mean, he came out swinging. We had to know that. You know, he's a, he's a confident owner. Um, I'm sure he's pretty disappointed with Flacco's performance, though. But when your opponent's quarterback scoring 3.64, I mean, you're going to win. And, and Andrew's – and, uh, who's Andrew? I don't even know who Andrew is. And Andrew knows? Luck. He does not play Andrew for Luck. that team. I'm uh, confused here. Yeah, no, that was yeah, the no, wrong the team. That's push, okay. He, uh, he's going to come out swinging. He's a winner. And uh, it, it showed. You know, it, this, everybody saw this coming, though. Well, I mean, if you look at it, he got Le'Veon Bell back. Uh, and that we th- we knew coming in that with Le'Veon Bell coming back that that was going to be maybe the jolt that he needed to separate himself to the top of this uh, league. Um, yeah, he had Joe Flacco only giving him 15 points, but with Drew Brees on a bye week, that that's a decent that's a decent pickup for him yeah, to get. Take to, that. Yeah, yeah, I mean it's a backup that you only need for a week. Um, but the Sammy Coates pickup, I mean. It, that was probably the Huge. the big pickup that that we thought, man. I mean, he had two big plays there. Got a that huge touchdown early in that game, um, and to get thirty one points on a pickup, you know, middle of the week, that's fantastic. You know, that's really using the waiver wire. I mean, some folks just don't know how to do it, but Dick's always he's always watching that stuff close. And then then you got. The ageless wonder, Larry Fitzgerald, scoring 26 again. I mean, it's unbelievable. wow, what a it's, draft pick. It's unbelievable. I mean, that's probably one of the sleeper draft picks of the year. I mean, it's one of those draft picks where you're thinking, you know, is that really a guy that you want to take a chance on, especially in an offense like Arizona? But time and time again, Larry Fitzgerald steps up and does it. You know, uh, what I've learned about this Dick Knuckle Push team is they do their homework uh, and they know how to motivate their players. We're clearly seeing that out of Larry Fitzgerald. He's playing playing like a guy that's five, ten years years younger than his age. Couldn't agree more. And what is so surprising to me and something that I thought the Knuckle Push did really well, that owner picked up Sammy Coates without spending any money. He just picked him up. I mean, that's got to be one of the biggest surprises that I think. I mean, he didn't even have to spend any money on anything. It makes you wonder what these other owners are doing. I mean, they need to get their thumbs out of their asses. You know, if Blue Water Tower had said, hey, I'm going to pick up somebody, you know, I'm not going to have Michael Floyd score zero. I mean, come on. Why don't you pick up Sammy Coates and get the win? That's right. I mean, if you look at what's going on, I, I feel like the Blue Water Tower was really dependent on some some backups um, and, and some players that were kind of the number twos on some teams and uh, relying really heavy on, on, on guys that probably aren't going to get the type of production that you need to beat a team like Dick Knuckle Push. Yeah, uh, what do you say about Blue Water Tower at this point? You really can't get a read on this team. You're not really sure what this guy's doing week to week. Uh, He's out there tinkering around in the front office. Uh, You know, clearly, though, as we said in, 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 uh, you know, past podcast editions, uh, this is a guy historically that doesn't like to make any type of trades. He doesn't like to pick up guys off the waiver wire. We're not really sure what's going on in the front office there. So, uh, you know, it remains to be seen whether or not this guy's really going to toss the towel in here or if he's really going to try to make that push like he did it in the last year and, you know, head for the playoffs. Well, we knew coming into the season, we've talked about it every week, this team relies on Cam Newton. 
And if Cam Newton doesn't go, this team does not go. That's what happened last year in the last couple weeks of the regular season and going into the playoffs. Cam Newton went berserko, and all of a sudden this guy's in the championship game, and we saw one of the worst championship games in fantasy football history, and it was just absurd. Yeah, you know, as we say every week here, the most disappointing championship game that's ever been played in this entire league was played last season, and Cam Newton did nothing but disappoint. And speaking of Cam Newton, you know, players really follow their ownership, and you see him get lazy and get hurt on a play, running through the end zone, giving up early. You wonder where he sees that, and, you know, when you're the leader of the team, your only choice is management. So I think maybe they got lazy, too. I couldn't agree more with that. That is a fantastic point. Maybe it's trickling down from ownership, and now you're starting to see just things spiral out of control for Blue Water Tower, and it's going to be interesting to see what they do this week if they start to make some changes, they start holding guys accountable. Now let's talk about something that uh, we thought was going to be a close game, we thought was was going to be a game to, that either team would definitely benefit from. It was the Triple T's going against the MFers. Could the MFers finally get that win? Could they finally put some points together and win a game? Or could the Triple T's put that team together that we've talked about every week now that is going to put something together that will go on a run of three or four wins and we saw uh, a very close game uh, and another disappointing effort out of the MFers. This this game was unbelievable to me. Uh, you know, Je- I thought Jeff made a real good point there a minute ago, uh, talking about how you know the players follow what the leadership on the team is, and where does that leadership come from? First, in the first place, that's the front office. You know, when the players are confused about what the owner wants and whether or not the owner wants to win, uh, you know, you see uninspired performances like we saw here from the MFR team. Uh, I can't say I'm shocked at this point, though. And I mean, you got to think he had Tom Brady coming back. That was that was the guy that it, you you would think he needed to get. That was the missing piece of this puzzle. Is that the piece that was going to finally get the team going, finally going to score that 160-point game? And once again, A.J. Green, nine points. You know, he has a running back scoring five points. His kicker, one point. Defense, four points. He's just not getting the production from – he's not putting it all together at once. It's unbelievable, uh, you know, what we're seeing out of this guy. Uh I I find it hard to believe that he lost this game. I can't even believe I, it. Well, and here's the thing. He goes into the Monday night game needing this kicker to score, what, two or three points going into this game, and he gets his first win, and the kicker misses a field goal, gets a couple extra points, and only scores one point, and he ends up losing by less than a point. You know, I'm there sitting in my panel van, fresh cork in there, keeping things airtight. And I'm watching this game on Monday night out there, you know, having a few few brewskis. And uh, I'm watching this kicker, and he's just choking. And at first I'm like, you know what, that's the kicker's fault. But then I look at MFR's bench. And he leaves Ryan Matthews on the bench playing against a Detroit defense. And starts McKinnon? I mean, what's the guy thinking? Is he in the country? Is he here? Is somebody else pulling the strings? I don't know. After, After seeing the bench, I just figured he don't care. I couldn't agree more. I could not agree more. Uh, this is something that we've talked about before, Dean. The management is just not putting the pieces together to put, to put a winning product on the field. Is this something that is, is continually happening that we need to really start looking at to see if he's just 
giving up, is not caring. It, 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 what is going on upstairs right now? You know, there's okay to be a successful owner in this league. You have to know your team. You have to know your players. You have to know when certain guys are ready to come in. When guys are ready to have big weeks, and so you have to be close to your team. As we've been talking about with this owner, is he in the country? Is he in the front office? We don't know where this guy is. Uh, Jeff, we know you've been driving around in that panel van, visiting a lot of different owners in this in the league. Have you been to the MFR camp? Have you been there? Have you seen the owner? Do you know who this guy is? Uh, he's shrouded in mystery, as far as I'm concerned. He's as mysterious as Frodo. I mean, he's left the Shire. People haven't seen him. He's on some quest. Uh, most most you hear of him is some you know backhanded deal coming through the league every once in a while. Um, I'm sure you guys probably talk about it a little later because man, that, that's a, a big going. But but no, he, he's nowhere to be found. And you know what? When you're on six. Who really cares? That's true. That's very true. It's going to be interesting to see how this thing plays out, where this team is going, what else we can dig into and find. Um, let's move on to the Rowdy Rafter Bunch going against those Doug Lemmings. This was a game we thought the Rowdy Rafter Bunch would bounce back and continue on winning. Um, we, we talked about how terrible of a team Doug's Lemmings is. And uh, once again, they did not disappoint. You know, as we thought, uh, you know, we keep saying this every week, this Doug's Lemmings team, we're not high on this team. And again, every week they confirm our thoughts. I don't know what else to say. Uh, you know, we would like to see them try to maybe pick a playoff push. This is an owner that's won the league more than one time. You would expect this guy to be kind of scrambling at this point because we're talking we're almost halfway through the season so far. And, uh, you know, with the expansion in the league this year people you know owners don't have as much time to be able to make that bounce back effort just to eke into the playoffs you know you really need to pay attention and realize that your fing your season is slipping through your fingers right now and you're just standing you know standing there with your hands folded not doing anything what's going on doug yeah i don't understand i mean he he picks up uh, a couple players. I mean, he did have some guys on a bye week. Uh, he tried picking up some players. It just did not work out whatsoever. I mean, you get a point out of your tight end. Um, it, it just did not go very well. Uh, but on the other side, uh, the Roddy Rafter Bunch picks up Andy Dalton, gets good yeah, production out of him, 26 points. Uh, Jeff, what did you think about this team this week? I was really impressed with Roddy Rafter Bunch. I mean, yeah, picking up. Picking up Dalton off the waivers, huge pickup. He scores 26. Um, Cooper's just a beast. I mean, if Crabtree's not scoring, you know he's scoring. So you got to love that. I think, what, the Rowdy Raptor Bunch have four players reached 20 digits? I mean, that's that's really good. And then, yeah, back to, back to Doug's Lemmings. I mean, when you're trying to turn the corner, it's tough when you got three or four guys on by, somebody else out. I mean, his only bright spot was Johnson. Um, he's somebody else. You, you kind of wonder, you know, like, like you said, Trey, He's been there before, done that. He's, he's really need to turn the corner because uh, it's getting kind of sad down there. Absolutely. It's not looking good. Uh, I, I got a problem. I got a problem here. This is Curly. He has a big week last week for the Lemmings. You think he might learn something. He leaves him sitting on the bench. You know, I, I don't know how you – how you do that you know, does it make a difference i mean it gets you a little bit closer but ultimately you're you're losing this game but 
you know, you're at least hitting your projected at that point. You know, you have to start pressing the right buttons at some point, sometime if you're Doug's Lemmings. I don't know what this guy's thinking at this point, and clearly maybe he's not thinking at all. Maybe not. I don't understand it. That's a great point on the uh, the Curly situation. You think uh, him going against a uh, Arizona team that's kind of depleted, um, there really aren't many options for San Francisco other than Carlos Hyde. So if they're going to throw the ball, there's really only one option to throw the ball to. Big week last week. How do you not put him in again? That's right. Ride you kinda, the hot hand. you got to ride the hot hand. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk about these cockeyed sucking bulls and the disappointing Daily Llamas this week. This was not – this is not how we thought it was going to go down, Dean. i got to be honest with you. We thought that the Daily Llamas had the better squad. Um, we thought they were going to come in and get a big win, but somehow, some way – the Bulls score 191 points out of nowhere and pick up another win. This is unbelievable. I can't understand it. I cannot. This cockeyed sucking Bulls team is shocking the league. No one can believe the run that they've been on so far. Uh, yeah, this is unreal. 191 points, just as we were talking about some of the other teams in this league where, you know, this Doug's Lemmings team keeps falling and we kind of expect to see it. At this point, do we just expect to keep seeing this Bulls team uh, to keep winning and keep rolling along? Uh the things the stars are aligning for this team. They're having huge uh huge games from all the players that in certain places, you would not expect for this to be coming from, number one. And number two, they are lining up uh, matchup-wise with other owners in this league who are having, you know, bye weeks or just severe underperformances from, uh, you know, guys that they normally see good production out of. It's unbelievable. Uh, I can't believe this is coming out of my mouth. you got to give it to the Bulls. They really are sucking this league dry. Yeah, I mean... I've even heard that this guy pretty much left a deathbed to come to the draft. I don't know if that's true or not. You know, I've heard rumors of it. You know, it, it makes you wonder who or what he struck a deal with to make it to the draft and then draft a team that, on paper, I mean, it's it's pretty sad, but then they're scoring points like this. Um, he may come into the league, win it his first season, but with the deal he made, we might never see him again because I don't know how else he's doing this. I don't either. We've talked about it for the last couple of weeks, Jeff, and this is a situation that we've been keeping an eye on, and we can't figure this thing out. Uh, we've been talking about it from every angle possible. Somehow this guy keeps winning. This is the two weeks now he's been high point for the week. Uh, he damn near scores 200 points, and I don't understand how he's doing it. Big Ben, I mean, yeah, I like Big Ben. I like what he does. They throw the ball a lot, um, but some of these guys, we, we've talked about it before, Dean, they're just overproducing almost. And when does it stop? It, it's unbelievable. Uh, you know, Frank Gore finally kind of coming back down to earth for us there. Uh, we did not expect that train to keep rolling, but man, was it. Uh, this Terrell Pryor pickup by him, unbelievably unbelievable. productive. Unbelievably productive. You know, I have to say, you know, uh, going back to the draft, uh, was the illness a psych out? 
That's very was true. He, was that all just a big, you know, a maybe, big to do? Maybe he wanted us to, to feel vulnerable in that spot and, and yeah. kind of take it easy on him. From what I understand, uh, you know, one of the owners was sitting next to him at the draft, and he was, you know, you know, he whispering in his ear, and I don't know, you know, we don't know exactly what was going on at the draft. I was just sitting at a far, you know, kind of just, you know, marveling at every pick that certain teams were making because they were just fantastic picks, Dick Knuckle push but you know all i can say is this team keeps winning and i did this this season so far for them is just unbelievable it's pretty insane uh but what i want to do right now is i want to go into the matchup of the week okay this was the one we thought was going to be really good the has-beens versus hashtag fantasy lives matter we thought this one would be a good one for fantasy lives matter to get going a little bit to try and get themselves going in the right direction to uh, maybe bring the has-beens back down to earth a little bit. And that's kind of what we saw, Dean. I can't believe, uh, you know, I got to give it to Fantasy Lives Matter, uh, really keeping their season alive. Uh, you know, I, 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 my pick was not Fantasy Lives Matter here this week. I have to say, you you have to go with the tried and true when you're looking at a matchup like this. Uh, Fantasy Lives Matter is, you know, towards the bottom of the league at this point. Uh, they have, you know, far too many Green Bay Packers on their team and not even the right ones necessarily. Some people have been saying there have been rumors around this league. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers isn't on that team somehow, but he has every other Green Bay Packer that exists in history. Uh, but somehow they get a win. And you know what? This is a real spirit win for them. And maybe... Just maybe I could really see this uh, pushing, you know, injecting this team with some momentum and some some adrenaline, and we could see this train keep a rolling. This team is one of those teams that could just rattle off three or four wins in a row, start kind of getting going. Because here's the thing. If this Packers team starts finding their groove, if Aaron Rodgers starts finding his groove and gets that offense going, you could see this team really take off. Uh, yes, he has three Packers on this team, but if the if the offense for the Packers is rolling along, this is something where you can see this team kind of just start taking off a little bit and, and maybe rattle off three or four wins. Yeah, and you know, I was I was talking to Fantasy Life's GM, and um, you know, he might not be built to be, beat a lot of teams, but he built his team to beat the Hasbins because there's a perennial All Star. Aaron Rodgers is the best player on the Hasbins. And he's effectively made him useless because Rodgers cannot score a point without him canceling it out. And, you know, that paid off big. You watch that game Sunday night, Rodgers was scoring. He was scoring more points every time. And he is built to beat the has So look out when they play again. That's a very good point. And maybe that was a strategy that hashtag Fantasy Lives Matter was going into this year thinking, you know what, in order for me to knock off the has and and finally get to them, I have to get as many Packers on my team as I can because you know in years past the has-beens will take Aaron Rodgers in the second round. And, and maybe that maybe that's a strategy. And I, and I like where you're going with that, Jeff. That's something that we haven't talked about in the past, but that that's a great point. I like it. It's a great point. You know, as they say, to be the best, you have to beat the best. And who's been the best the past couple seasons in this league? Unfortunately, it has been the has-beens. Absolutely. And – I like what this team did. Uh, we'll talk about it a little bit later. I believe we're going to get the manager of Hashtag Fantasy Lives Matter in here a little bit later. So we'll we'll dive into that a little bit more. So what I want to do is I'm going to shift gears just a little bit. 
And I want to get into the Big Al's Eat A Lot Resort Flop of the Week. And Big Al's Eat A Lot Resort is obviously known for their 10-pound pancake, which is quite delicious. Yes, I've had it numerous times. It is delicious. If you haven't been there before, you got to go. It's one of those places you just have to try once. Yeah, what I like to do is I go. I like to go get the pancake suite, the 10-pound pancake suite. What they'll do is they will pull off a fresh 10-pound pancake for you. Lay it in the bed. You can get inside of it, roll up in it, and then they will uh, dip you in enti- inside of a hot syrup bath. And you can just, uh, you know, just lay in there and curl up and kind of eat your way out. It's delicious. It's one of my favorite things to do. I cannot believe it. Um, but the flop of the week has to be the Daily Llamas. Uh, being projected to score 146 points, and they put up a terrible, just absurd. 98 points. They don't even score 100 points. It's got to be the flop of the week. Uh, this team did not perform well whatsoever. Yeah, uh, just I'm not really sure. I, I've been so high on this Llamas team. I want to love this team. I really like the Cinderella story of this owner uh, going back three or four years now where this guy seemingly, like we said, we weren't even sure if he even knew he was in the league certain years. Um you know, with the decisions that were being made in the front office there. But clearly, this guy's got his head on his shoulders this year. But what is going on? Uh, it's hard for me to sit here and watch this lineup that he put out on the field go out and just execute like I think they would. You know, he's got six players in, in single digits. I mean, you wonder if maybe he was at that pancake house because they looked bad out That's there. very true. I know my wife's been there. That's where I met her. We had some bacon of that. That bad thing, but Delicious. <laughs> that's another story, guys. But but yeah, six players in single digits, that's a flop anyway you slice it. Yeah, that is not that is not what you want. Uh, but going from the flop of the week to the Grassmasters air raid of the week, that's got to go to Big Ben, who had a great game for the sucking bulls. Uh, so on one side of the spectrum, you got the flop for the Daily Llamas going against the Sucking Bulls, who gets the air raid of the week with Big Ben, 37 points, uh, just throwing the ball all over the place. I mean, the dude had four passing TDs and 380 passing yards with no interceptions. It's unbelievable. This is a two-week stretch here, and you know what? This week wasn't that tough of a matchup, but last week for the Bulls was a fairly tough matchup, um, you know, the the knuckle push at least putting up a respectable point total last week and he just crushes them right crushes absolutely them. big ben just crushes single-handedly crushing teams for the bulls and and this week hey he's going against that miami defense who is not very good who gives up a ton of yards uh so we'll see but that 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 was your grass masters air raid of the week now let's shift gears. We're going to go into uh, something I like to talk about. We're going to go into some trade talk, a little trade rumors. Uh, since the last podcast, uh, we have had a trade happen. Uh, it was a it was a decent amount of trade. It was a decent trade. There there's also another trade that's pending right now that has caused a little bit of controversy that we're going to go into. Um, but let's go into the first trade that actually happened between the Daily Llamas and the MFers. Um, a, a draft pick was flip-flopped. Um, there was a total of, it looks like, four players being traded. 
Um, we have the MFers trading away Lamar Miller and Steve Smith Sr. plus a 17th round pick to the Daily Llamas for uh, Freeman, Macklin, and a fourth round pick. Guys, let me know what you think about this. Well, this was a real interesting trade. Um, in certain ways, I'm looking at this, and uh, you know, I, I'm wondering: is are the MFers kind of seeing the writing on the wall at this point, um, seeing that things aren't working out for them, and starting to do what the MFers do? And that's what they do is build for next season. This is a this is a team that's constantly in a rebuilding process. We're not sure if they're really going to try to make a legitimate run this year. And by the looks of this trade, um, A, clearly they're building for next year. And B, I'm not sure where the Lombers are coming from in this one. I couldn't agree more. Uh, Jeff, what did you think of this trade? Do you th- Who do you think it benefits? Um, was it something that you thought, nah, I'm not really for or against anybody? You know what? I'm looking at this, and the players almost seem like they're almost equals. I mean, little, little maybe better, but the round four given up for the daily line, I, I just don't really see where that's coming from. I don't feel like he got that much value out of it. And then you got the MFers. You talk about building for next year. Well, When's next year going to come? I mean, how many years are you going to build for next year? I mean, Cleveland Browns have been doing it for a long time, and they, they never come. When's it going to come for the MFers? I don't know that it is. I couldn't agree more. I, th- I, I was going to mention that the fourth-round pick I thought was a little high. I mean, you're, you're trading away Freeman plus a fourth-round pick for a Lamar Miller who, yeah, he runs the ball a lot, but that Houston offense really isn't doing much. Um, it's kind of stalled out a little bit, and – Lamar Miller is eh, is he is he is he right up there with Freeman plus a fourth round pick? You know, I'd have to say just strictly looking at the numbers so far this season, absolutely not. Potential wise, you might say so, but really, I have to say things are really severely dropping off here uh, with this Houston offense. Osweiler maybe isn't as good as we thought he was. Uh, for some reason, with Watt being out now, they've kind of lost the soul to that team. They're not playing like they. Uh, you know, they're not playing the inspired football that we thought we might be seeing from them this year. Uh, you know, they did go up against a tough Vikings defense. Uh, was that last week or is that coming up this week? Uh, but regardless, uh, I have to say that the MFers come out the winner on this trade. You know, for an owner that shrouded in mystery, we're not even sure if he's the one, you know, pulling the levers and pushing the buttons over there. Somehow he pulls these trades off. It's unbelievable. I couldn't agree more. Somehow, some way, he kind of just lays in the weeds almost and kind of waits to see if somebody wants to trade. And then all of a sudden he just pops out, makes a trade, and then goes back into hiding for the rest of the year. Somebody, Some people have called this guy kind of the scary clown of the week or of, of the league. You know, he's the kind of the guy that might you might see him riding on the back of a bus in Detroit. You're not sure what's going on with this guy. But somehow he pulls these trades off. And I just, I, I have to say, if he spent as much time setting his line up and making sure that his team was ready to play as he did and putting these insane trade deals together next year might come for this guy uh you know jeff you're a guy moving over to the daily llamas that have has been around the league like you're saying driving that panel van around uh you know 
have you spoken to this daily llamas owner? Or do you, are you you know do you have any idea of what kind of was going through his head? Is is he you know is is he a guy that was maybe trying to make some trades, thinking like this year's definitely the year I need to trade. I know I need one more piece. He's looking for that piece, and maybe he kind of is blinded by uh, you know how good his record is so far this year, going for that championship and pulls off seemingly a pretty terrible deal in my eyes. What do you think, Jeff? Yeah, you know, there's a reason they say don't read the headlines. And this guy, I think he read the headlines last week. The league was high on him. The riders were high on him. He saw his stock, his stock skyrocketing. You know, he's shooting to the top of the league in, 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 in rankings. I think he just felt he wanted to make a trade, like you said, because he was blinded by the light. But I don't think he stopped to look at what he was trading because, you know, maybe he knows something we don't, but I think he's going to look back. And, and this may be the point that uh, – you know, he returns to the form he's usually at, which is middle of the pack to maybe throwing a party at the end of the year. And that's a situation you don't want to get into. Now, there's another trade that's been pending for the last day or so that's caused quite the controversy on the message board. So we're going to tie those two things together. The trade uh, is the MFers once again. Uh, they, they're going to trade Derek Carr to the Rowdy Rafter Bunch uh, for Jamison Crowder, the wide receiver from Washington. Now, this is a trade that has caused quite the stir within the league. There's been a lot of conversation going on between owners. Uh, some are very upset. Some really don't care. Uh, what is your guys' take on, on this trade? You know, uh, I, I, I have to say, just looking at this trade straight up, uh, you know, when I just looked at this, my initial thought was after I, you know, I had a minute to digest it, that this is a fairly lopsided trade. I'm not really sure, honestly, where the MFers are coming from on this one. But after I took a look at the message board and saw his reasoning behind it, I kind of makes sense to me. But I have to say, uh, you know, for a team that needs some holes plugged, uh, this Rowdy Raptor bunch is a Rowdy Raptor bunch, as we said last week, and they're doing it on the trade trading block as well, plugging that uh, quarterback hole that somehow has slipped away from them in more than one occasion so far this year, uh, making some moves, trying to edge their way to the top of the rankings, and uh, they're moving and shaking. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it last week. He had some quarterback problems that Rowdy Rafter Bunch did. It was a situation where, you know, Carson Palmer was hurt. He's been in concussion protocol. You don't know what his 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 health is like. Stra uh, Stafford's kind of up and down. So he went out and tried and got a quarterback. Looks like he's going to get it done. Jeff, what did you think of the trade? You know, honestly, I, I think this is one of those trades, Robert, that if the Packers aren't involved – People aren't saying anything, but his history of trades, especially with what was kind of going on at the draft with these same two owners, makes you wonder, was there some other stuff talked about that's now coming out in this trade? Especially when the MFR's reason for trading it is needed receivers. But you look at his roster, he's got Beckham, Hopkins, Green, Des Bryant, uh, Macklin on the bench. I mean... Does he need receivers, or you know, is, is there more to this? And I think that's the big part is not who the players were that were involved, but who one of the owners was that was involved, to be quite honest. That's a very fair statement right there. So you think maybe people have a little something against the owners that were involved in the trade, not so much the players that were traded. 
You know, and not necessarily even against the owners. I mean, both owners are really likable guys. You know, everybody likes them. But some of the moves that have been made, you know, it's just one of those things that, yeah, I think maybe it was more the players that are the owners that were involved rather than the players. Okay. Now, this is um, – we, we just talked about how it's caused quite the controversy on the message board. Let's go to the message board. Um, man. There was a lot of shit talking going on this week. Boy, are people really trying to get under people's skin. People are fired up. We can see that the Hasbins are starting to play their mind games with everybody. Uh, you know, this is an owner, like we said, every single week trying to lord his information, NFL information over people. This guy thinks he's a real clever SOB. This guy, all he's doing is just getting people riled up, trying to play head games with him, and then he pulls off one of these lopsided trades like he always does because this guy is a snake in the grass. Uh, and... The new villain of the of the league by far is this um, the sucking bulls owner. We're not sure where this guy's coming from. You know, one second he's uh, trying to switch favors for blues tickets and get people, you know, players from other people's teams. We're not sure what that's all about. To the next minute, ask him what the high point total is for the best game of the season. We're not sure what this guy's thinking. Uh, is he getting out ahead of himself? Yeah, we're not even at the halfway point of the season yet. Is he lining himself? up for a playoff spot? Maybe. Has everybody wanted to see him crash and burn? Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. This is a guy I think's getting a little too big for his britches, if you ask me. I mean, yeah, he's got a couple wins under his belt. He's he's performed well up to this point as far as win totals go. You, you know, he is 4-1. and one. Well, you can't, you can't not forget that. Uh, but this is a situation where, I mean, come on. Let's let's be honest here. You gotta, as especially as a newcomer, you gotta watch coming out and just starting firing on people and, and talking shit and uh, trying to get under people's skin a little bit. What do you think, Jeff? I, I've never heard of someone coming out and saying, "What's the highest point?" I mean, what is he thinking? And then his excuses. I was just curious. I mean, what is he? A thirteen-year-old girl? Just curious. I mean, look it up yourself. Realize you're not even that close. And then. Delete what you're going to type and go to bed because it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, it may have been like at 3.15 on a Sunday, but just go to bed, buddy. Yeah. Go to bed or we're going to put you to bed because I think some of the owners in this league are just fed up. Couldn't agree more. Uh, that was uh, quite interesting. Uh, and then when the, when the trade, people started seeing the trade going through, um, there was a lot of controversy there. A couple owners stepped up to the plate, voiced their opinion. Um, some people are upset. Some people, you know, eh, they don't really care. Um, you know, we we do have you can vote against trades in this league. Uh, the majority vote, you know, whichever side it is, um, goes with with the vote. Uh, so you've seen some 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 owners that have come out and said, you know what? I don't like the trade. I don't get the trade. Uh, I am going to vote against it. And uh, it's caused quite a, quite a stir this week. Yeah, you know, I have to say from my end, you know, the, one of the most entry, interesting storylines of the week for me is watching this has-beens owner uh, manipulate this league and in, in the way that he does every single season, just kind of stirring the pot with people because he's not a part of one of these lopsided trades. You know, he's not the one benefiting from him somebody else, you know, 
pulling the levers, pushing the buttons, uh, tweaking this, tweaking that. He's usually the guy benefiting from trades like this. And you know what? I see a little bit of resentment on that owner's face when he sees these big trades happening and he's not a part of them. Do you think it's a, a case where he knows that he's maybe playing on borrow time He's winning games early in this season, but knows he doesn't have the team to particularly win this league this year. So he's kind of trying to manipulate people, trying to get under their skin, maybe trying to outthink some people, trade, maybe try and get owners to um, have them overthink themselves and kind of screw up so he can he can capitalize on that. Yeah, I, I definitely see some jealousy. I mean, green's an ugly color and everybody, um, you know, there's just no point. And you know, you're right. I think he's hanging on. It's almost like when... when what, Favre was playing for the Jets? I mean, come on. I mean, give it up. Go ahead. and you're, you're, It's not your game anymore. And, yeah, I, I just think he's holding on, and he knows it. He knows his time is numbered. Maybe he needs to uh, start doing some Levi jeans commercials or something, and uh, we can uh, maybe start seeing what's going on here. Uh, but, yeah, I want to see what's going on in those jeans. <laughs> That's right. Forget the Levi's commercials. I want one of those text messages from him. That's right. I get that text message. That's right. Uh, let's move on from the message board. We're going to go into the Haven Glass moment of the week uh, presented by none other than Haven Glass, one of the finest establishments around. Yeah, 43 years in business. Uh, this is the Haven Glass moment of clarity of the week. <laughs> And we are going to uh, give the award this week to hashtag Fantasy Lives Matter for the pickups and drops that they did this week to help secure their win against those sons of bitches, the has-beens. Um, this is a team that, that made a couple moves, Dean, uh, did a couple things that uh, was was great ownership moves that we aren't seeing from other particular teams that we've talked about earlier, but this was a situation where he made some late moves with the kicker and his defense um, that kind of flip-flopped his uh, what was potentially a loss into a win. Yeah, you know, uh, you might objectively, just looking at some of the pickups that happened on the wa- waiver wire this week, uh, you know, you see that big splash Sammy Coates pickup by the knuckle push, which is a great pickup, but I'm more of a fan of these little nuanced moves that uh, turn into, you know, it's the little things that win games, you know, Robbie. It's the little things that win games, and these two pickups right here change the course of the game for this hashtag Fantasy Lives Matter, and dare I say, the season. That's that's very true. Um, I believe he dropped his kicker and his defense, uh, picked up a couple, picked up the kicker from Pittsburgh, picked up Buffalo's defense, who gave him 17 points, uh, which was huge. Um, and I believe you have the numbers on what what the flip flop was as far as um, what 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 it would have been. Is uh, I believe what he got twenty five points on his new pickups. I believe that the t- the players that he dropped uh, was only going to get him about three points total. Yeah. Yes. So that's quite the f- that's quite the moment of clarity, if you will, to to make those types of moves to get him the win. You know, if you ask me, this is the crunch time moment of clarity, if you ask me, because this guy was making decisions up to the very last minute before this game was about to start, and it makes all the difference for him. You know, dropping this Houston defense 
in my opinion, that's kind of a ballsy move at this point because, you know, this is kind of one of those defenses where in years past, how do you drop these guys? This is a defense that you stick with and you can ride out two championships in years past. But, you know, with Watts out, uh, he makes the, he decides to make the big move, ride a hot hand here with Buffalo, who's been a really good defense, winning that team some games. And then um, what I'm seeing here is that Houston scores two points and the Redskins kicker scores one. That's a total of three points. We're seeing a 22-point difference. Buffalo scoring 17 and Boswell scoring eight. We got a 22-point a swing here, and that makes all the difference in this game. I mean, that won him the ball game. I mean, that that there wins him the game, uh, gets him in a position to uh, kind of bring the has-beens back down to life. And uh, what's going to be real fun is here we're, we have the hashtag Fantasy Lives Matter uh, owner in studio now. Uh, we're going to talk to him in just a minute. Um, but, Dean, let's kind of run down a little bit of, of the history of, of Hashtag Fantasy Lives Matter. Now, this is a team um, that has uh, performed fairly well in this league. You know, it's not a team that's been at the bottom of the barrel every year of the, of, of the league's history. Uh, he was the former commissioner of this league at one point. Um, I, like, I like this owner. He's a good guy. Yeah, I have to agree. Uh, you know, this is a guy that is here from the inception of the league. Uh, he's somebody that's highly respected in the league. His opinion really matters. Uh, you know, he's he's somebody that people to look look to. You know, if they're uh, looking for some guidance, sometimes in terms of you know maybe should I say this on the message board? Maybe, should I not say this on the message board? Uh, you know, he he is somebody that's been here since the beginning, and uh, like you said, he's also been the commissioner of this league a multi-year commissioner from what I understand. Um, these are credentials that are just hard to argue with. Uh, highly respected member, and uh, you know I'm real excited to get to talk to this guy. I cannot wait. Here he is right now. Uh, hashtag Fantasy Lives Matter. How are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing great, guys. Hey, thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm really happy to be here. It's, it's a great evening. Just got done doing a late night uh, film clip so thanks for having me on late yeah absolutely now we were just talking a little bit about the history uh, of you in this league um now what have, what have been some of the challenges that you have faced uh, uh in this league um since you've been in as commissioner or as an owner well okay two-part question uh what are some of the challenges as an owner and then and then having to do the commissioner's job as well as being an owner well, I think the owners, you know, a lot of folks listening to this, to this show, they know the challenges of being the owner, you know, and I don't necessarily want to harp on that, but being commissioner slash owner, you know, that is tough because you're trying to think about the integrity of the league with every move, but you're also thinking about, you know, what benefits your team, and it's a fine line to walk, and, you know, I, I was happy to get rid of those commissioner shoes, to be quite honest with you. It's it's It's... Harder than people think. I'm sure it was something that was very taxing to try and walk that fine line to 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 not blur those lines and, and get into a situation where you're playing commissioner but trying to benefit your own team. I'm sure that was very tough. Uh, now let's go into uh, this season, what's going on with your team this year. Uh, we're going to start right here at draft day. Uh, there was a lot of controversy going into draft day. Uh, it was 
there was some trades that were made in the off season that uh, that from our our sources you disagreed with. Um, you and another owner kind of got into it a little bit. Um, can you shed some light on what happened? Give us your side of the story. Uh, let's get this out in the open. Uh, let's talk about it a little bit. And you guys ask the hard-hitting questions, don't you? We want, we're holding people accountable. We want to get down uh, to the nitty-gritty and find out what's going on. You know, and to be quite honest, I put most of that behind me. You know, it's it's football time now. I, I can't be thinking about the past. But, but um, you know, that, that day was eventful. And quite honestly, you know, the thing I was most shocked about that day was even more so than that, that, that trade that went through was bogus, but the more owners in this league don't have backbones and didn't stand up to it. I mean, what a bunch of pussies running around that room, to be quite honest. I mean, I laid it on the line. One or two other guys did, but to be quite honest, the other ones just kind of scurried off, you know, drank a Bud Light or who you guys sponsored by? Whatever you want. You can mention anybody okay. at this point. Well, whatever we were drinking, but, but yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? Everybody knows how I feel. I, it's football time now. Yeah, I mean, that... Interesting, interesting take there on that. Uh, I, I'm sure some people may disagree with you a little bit. Uh, hard to say, but that is definitely an interesting take. Uh, it's really good to get your side of the story. I just have one question for you. Uh, you know, in regards to this year, uh, who's big for you? Who's big on my football team? Yeah, coach. Who's, yeah, who's we, big for you? We'd like to know who's big for you. Well, you know the Packers are. I mean, that's my whole team. So, um, you know, and for those who don't know, I am, I am part owner of the Packers. So that's why I had to draft so many of them. You know, I got my foot in there, too. So I'm doing a lot of things. I'm pulling a lot of strings. But um, luck's been a disappointment, to be honest. I hate to call him out on national radio, but uh, he needs to step up his game. But um, Gurley's been a disappointment. You know, my coach needs to learn how to run the ball a little bit better, not just telegraph it. But, but no, the Packers have been huge for me. And uh, quite honestly, my GM, my GM is a genius. He knows what's going on. He started off slow, but he, he, he has some moves going on right now that I, I may give him a pay raise, you know, quite honestly. Wow, that that's that's that must be nice. I'm sure he's glad to hear it. Absolutely. Now let's talk about where you are in the standings. Uh, you can't be happy with with two and three, but I have to say, even though you're two and three, you're you're in eighth place right now. It's not over. You know, there's a lot of teams bunched in there, three and two, two and three. Um, how are you feeling where you're at in the standings after five weeks? Where do you think this team needs to go moving forward? You know, two and three does suck. You know, I'll be the first to say it. That's horrible. I expected more out of my team. But, uh, you know, we're right back in it. Um, you know, we got a couple more weeks to get some big wins. We're playing a horrible team this week. I mean, the money, <laughs> come on. Um, yeah, what can you say? Um, I only got to catch Blue Water Tower, and, you know, that, that's going to be easy. No big deal there. Tim's terrific team. They're starting to start falling off. No worries there. Then I got this Roddy Rafter Bunch team. <laughs> He, he he's going to get the bad luck karma going along with mother for these trades he's making. So the way I see it, I'll be in first place in one and a half weeks. And I don't even worry about the standings. I'll be in first place. Interesting, interesting take. Uh, I like the confidence. I want to know uh, who's coming out with these half-wink rankings. 
Where can I find them? You're going to be ahead in one and a half weeks in first place from what I understand. I want to know where these rankings are posted. Could you shed some light on that for me? He's got to know somebody. He's got to be in the know on where these rankings are coming from that he's all of a sudden just going to hop right up at the top. Uh, maybe he knows somebody on the inside that's writing up these rankings. Must be, must be. You know, I have to ask you, um, you know, so far this season we haven't seen much trade activity from you. And uh, you, we're wondering if, if you know, are you an owner right now that's kind of, uh, you know, looking to make some real calculated moves? Are you kind of like wheeling and dealing right now? You're kind of in the middle of the pack as far as we're concerned. Got a little momentum going. Are you ready to shoot off some trade deals? Anything in mind? Anything you might want to uh, give us a little exclusive on? What are your thoughts there? Uh, well, you know, uh, two or three weeks ago, the trade deals I was getting – they were to benefit the other team. People thought I was going to be selling. Um, I wasn't ready to give up yet. You know, three weeks in, who's giving up that early? Um, I know there's a lot of talk about me on this show. I mean, I do listen to you guys. and um, Oh, we appreciate it. Talking about me not pulling off trades. But, you know, I'm only going to pull off trades that benefit me. And if people don't like it, you know, that's fine. Call it one-sided. But uh, I try to be as fair as possible. But I'm going to come out ahead in my mind. Couldn't agree more with your attitude. I like that. Uh we're going to just do a couple more questions here. Uh, we're running out of time. Um, what What's one of the things that uh, that you're looking forward to most going into the end of this season? We're after five weeks. Um, you're sitting there in eighth place. We're, we're moving forward. Uh, there's only a couple weeks left in the deadline, like uh, Dean just said. Do you think you're going to be able to make that playoff push? Do you, where do you think that you're going to end up here at the end of the year? Well, if you're asking what I look forward to most, it's that party Doug's Lemon's going to be throwing. <laughs> I mean, he's going to get last. That team's bad. Um, you know, it, it's going to be a great party. So that's what I'm looking forward to most. Uh, I think I'm going to be holding the trophy. Uh, that trophy's coming back home. That's where I'm going to be at the end of the season. I love the confidence. I love the confidence showing here. Um, you know, speaking of confidence – um, and speaking of these great roster moves that you made uh, going into uh, this last week, can you shed up with a little bit of light that the, on those roster moves that you made? Uh, what was going through your head as a you know as a strategist? Uh, what were you talking about with the GM? Uh, can you shed a little bit of light on that? Quite honestly, uh, I was drunk before the game. Um, you know, I'm driving around drinking. Sorry to say it, but I was sorry, honey. But um, you know, and I. Got a little thing popped up on my on my on my device there, my cellular device. Uh, you know, I was surfing the interweb, and um, you know, it said my kicker is gonna be 40 mile an hour wind gusts. So I pulled him, sat his ass, uh, picked up Boswell, who I'd cut earlier. Told him now's the time to step up if you don't want to get cut again. I got rid of that Wattless defense in Houston, and uh, here I am, back on top. These are, you know, I, that is unbelievable. I love. Uh, I love great enthusiasm. I mean, great enthusiasm. I like that. Uh, the drinking part, shocking. It's very um, shocking. But probably why you're two and three. Yeah, but that's I mean, okay. You know, it's 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 you know, it's drinking that gives you the confidence to make really good moves like this um, that happen to work out for you. Um, speaking of, yeah, my championship season. I was drunk the whole season, so I'm getting back on that horse. 
Well, you got to go with what works, and if that's what works, you're obviously an owner that's confident and is here and is going to do what it takes to win. And um, speaking of roster moves, uh, this is a question I have to ask. This is the last question before we got to go. But we have heard from a reliable source that certain owners have been asking other owners last-minute lineup advice. Private message lineup advice. Um, What do you think of these accusations? And what do you think this says about the integrity of some owners in this league? Any thoughts? Do you have any examples? All I can say is it's from a very reliable source that we've heard other owners were coming to that. Uh, other other owners were talking. Certain owners were talking to other owners in this league, asking for lineup advice, asking for lineup advice. Um, you know, I can't get any more specific than that without outing my source. Um, I have some journalistic integrity, so I cannot say. But um, I want to get your thoughts on that. Um, what do you think of other owners doing that? What do you think it says about the integrity of this league where thing, people feel, uh, owners feel this is okay to do? Um, you know, this has a lot of implications. Do you, do you have any, any interesting thoughts here? Maybe this is the first time you're hearing this. I don't know. Um I was approached this week with this information, and I, I just have to ask. Well, you know, I have heard some rumblings, too, um, you know, and you got to ask yourself, why is an owner asking for advice? Because you got to do that your stuff yourself. But, I mean, I guess it all depends, you know, are you asking, like, hey, what do you think? Or are you trying to get inside information? If you're trying to get inside information, um, you know, you can swim with the fishes. Uh, straight to the point. I like it. Uh Mr. Hashtag Fantasy Lives Matter, uh, we appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, we look forward to seeing what you do for the rest of the season. Uh, good luck to you, sir, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate your time. And uh, I'm going to kick your ass next time we play, and uh, that's why that's why I'm here. Boom. There it is. Woo! Right right there. Boom. Okay, Dean, let's move on. Uh, that was a great interview. I really like that. Uh, let's move on though. Let's let's do a little buy and sell. Let's do a little buying and selling, okay? Let's look at some teams. Let's see what's going on. Let's see. Eh, do they need to buy? Do they need to make a trade to get that last piece, or do they need to sell? And let's let's look forward to next year. Well, you know, should we work our way from the bottom up? Uh, let's just start with the MFers. This is a team right now. I think they're putting the writing on the wall for us. They are selling. Um, It's pretty clear. They're making some deals that they are acquiring draft picks. They're making some other deals that make absolutely no sense to us, uh, to certain people in the league. Uh, I think this team is in a sell position right now. Um, I I think there is – there is some room there, and there is some potential in that lineup for them to make a run here. Uh, but do they have the spirit? Do they have uh, the drive to stick with this season and try to make that run for the playoffs? I don't know. I think this is probably one of the toughest ones to talk about because, yes, you could see this team selling, uh, but you could also see them maybe making a little bit of a move uh, to maybe add a running back or something, you know, with AP getting hurt. Um, but this team has the lineup to literally run the table the rest of the way. Um, so it's a weird situation. And let's not forget, when we talk about this buy and sell, 
the new rule that's been put in place for this league this year, you can only trade two draft picks. So that kind of puts a hindering on some of the trades that you can make, especially in this league when people don't like to trade that much. You're not going to trade player for player a lot of the times. It's not going to happen in this particular league. So you kind of have to pick and choose who you trade with and what kind of draft pick you can get for that person. So so this may be a difficult situation for them at first. They have a ton of talent that they could trade away to build for next year, but what are they going to get back in return that would ever benefit them other than maybe one more draft pick because they traded and got that fourth-round draft pick. So you almost have to hold out to try and maybe see if one of these players can get you a first-round pick for next year. I think that's what you have to hold out for at this point. Um, I totally agree with you. This is one of the toughest calls in terms of a buy or sell at this point because it's a team stacked with potential. Um, But at what point do you decide that that potential is no longer going to turn into results? And that's when you become, you know, that's when you go to the sell end. Um, But like we said, uh, this guy's sending mixed signals for me right now. Mixed signals. I'm not sure if he's ready to win. I'm not sure if this franchise is ready to stay where it is. Uh, you know, we're not sure who's making the calls here. Yeah, it's very interesting. It's one of those situations where I'm going to say sell just because I don't think this team is going to put it all together to make a run. I mean, we're five weeks in. They don't have a win. It's going to be really tough to even get into that sixth playoff spot. Uh, with with a lot of these teams kind of jumbling in and out with wins and losses. So I'm going to say sell, but I don't necessarily know what they're going to get just based on the fact that they've already gotten one draft pick. Totally agree. Uh, you know, that draft pick cap makes things very interesting in terms of selling. Uh, but there's one th- one team I'm for sure – you know, as far as I'm concerned, they can sell. That's fine. You, what I think they're going to do is just lay flat and just wait for the season to end, and that is Doug's Lemmings. I think Doug's Lemmings, I think you could probably put Blue Water Tower in the same category. These are probably two teams that aren't going to trade, or they're going to be asking for the moon, and they're not going to get anybody to trade with. I mean, if you look at Doug's Lemmings, Probably the only person that he could probably trade and get anything out of would be somebody like Doug Johnson. Now, I could see maybe a Mark Ingram or Emmanuel Sanders being traded, but probably not for something as high as getting a first or second round for maybe a a David Johnson. Um, But I really don't see him trading. I feel like he's going to try and hold out to the very last moment, and it's going to be too late to make a trade. Then you got the Blue Water Tower. We know this guy doesn't make trades. So he's just going to wait in the in the weeds and hope that his team catches fire like last year, and I just don't think that this is a these are either one of these teams are going to buy or sell. Yeah, it's tough for both of these teams because they're really in a situation where a we know they are teams that don't trade often, and b the trade pieces for them is you know do can they can they say to themselves this season is over with. You know, at a certain point, you have to admit that. And once you can admit that, then you can trade that big piece. But if you can't admit that, what's the point in selling? Because then you're just selling things off, that, and, and it's not going to make any difference in your next season. Uh, Jeff is back. Uh, he had to take a quick break. Uh, I think he had to change the oil in the van. What are your thoughts here, where Jeff? Yeah, with, with Doug Lemons and Blue Water Tower, you're talking about tough to make a trade. Even if someone has a trade for them, 
Yeah, they get a hold of them. I mean, they're not even on the message board anymore. That's I, very true. That's a very good point. So they, who even knows what's going on? So you might have a great trade, you know, for Johnson. You might have a one and a two ready to go. Can you find them? That's very else, true. You know? That's very true. And and would they even be able to not only get a hold of them, but to even negotiate anything? I mean, these these two teams seem a little stubborn to even try and make a trade. One that I'm particularly interested in is the Daily Llamas. Is this a team that's going to buy or sell? Now, we've seen they they just made a trade with the MFers this past week, got a couple pieces, but they traded away a fourth-round pick for next year, which is I we all kind of agree it's a little risky for what he got back. But you can tell you can tell he's trying to to put some pieces in place, those final pieces, to try and make a run at this thing. Now, do you think this is a team that will eventually buy more or eventually sell a little bit? I think this is a team that's ready to sell the farm, to win the league. Uh, I think this is a guy that is finally just fed up with being uh, talked about as the lowest of the low in this league. Uh, he's tired of being somebody that's uh, the, the owner that's never in the conversation. He's seeing some uh, positive results this year. He's ready to pounce on him. He got a little hasty with that first trade. Maybe didn't make the best decision. Um, but I see this guy as a strong buyer. And, uh, you know, this is a guy, you know, I, I got to tell you, from the draft that he had, this is a guy that can make good decisions. He just needs to slow it down a little bit, really analyze what he's doing, and this guy could, we could see him maybe playing in the last week in the championship game this season. You know, hard to say at this point, but uh, this is a team that's got a lot of pieces in place, uh, and we could see them there at the very end. I agree with you. I, I think this is a team that's probably going to try and make a few more trades, whether it be trading another draft pick or just trying to flip-flop a couple players. I mean, if you look at his team, he's got Julio Jones. He's got Cooks. He's got Landry. He's got a Matt Ryan who's throwing crazy amount of passes right now. He's putting up a huge amount of, of yards. So if he finds a couple more pieces to this puzzle, can he make a run? I don't know. I don't know if he has the pieces to maybe trade to get guys, but I think he's going to try to attempt to do it because I agree with you, Dean. I think this is a guy that's going to is tired of like just missing out on the playoffs, and he's going to try and make a move to the top. Yeah. I, I thought the biggest thing for him, I think one of the biggest things moving forward is replacing D'Angelo Williams' outfit from the first four weeks. That was a four-week pick. Um, it was huge for him. Won him quite a few of those games, and. and He's pretty much, you know, he's a he's a third stringer now with the return of Lev Bell. So um, it's going to be tough to make up those points that he was getting there. Now let's go into maybe a couple of these, uh, the top three teams here with the Knuckle Push, the Hasbins, the Sucking Bulls. All are four and one. Obviously, these are teams that are not going to sell. They're not going to sell unless they completely fall flat on their face in the next three or four weeks and just want to get something out of it. Do you think either one of these teams buy strong to add a couple pieces to try and separate from each other and the and the, those uh, two or three teams there that are three and two and, and two and three? I got a couple things here. Number one, we know the has-beens are a team that like to cut lopsided deals. Um, does the rest of the league, have they finally been found out? Do people kind of see what's going on with this team now from trades in the past? We know they're only part of deals like that. Two, 
the Bulls, do they have it within themselves to go out and buy strong? This team has zero depth. Once we start getting into some bye weeks here, they're going to be really hung out to dry. We're going to see the true spirit of this team uh, once we hit these bye weeks. Does this owner have it in himself to maybe put it all on the line and go for broke in his first season of the year and really make that strong championship push? At this point, they're almost getting to be a lock to be a, a playoff team. So, you know, they need to be thinking bigger picture here. If they were just thinking playoffs when this season started, they need to start thinking bigger because it just got real. Um, in terms of Dick Knuckle Push, this is a team I like the depth there. I like them as a playoff team. Um, you know, could do they have some pieces on that team that might be getting questionable? Maybe some older guys? Yeah. Maybe this team is a buyer. I don't know if they're going to be a strong buyer. I think the strongest buyer in this situation has to be the Bulls, but that has-beens team is kind of a close second. I'm not sure how this winning streak, even though it ended this last week, the winning streak that was going on uh, had continued because they were getting performances out of people that we were just – it was unbelievable, but this is a seasoned owner that was putting in the work. So uh, can they put the work into the trading block here going forward and buy strong and set themselves up for another championship? Uh, you know, it, it's hard for me to say at this point, but I'm seeing the – the Bulls and the Hasbins is buy strong, and, I, and I'm looking at the knuckle push is probably a buy at some point here, too. Couldn't agree more. I think it's going to be interesting to see what those top three teams do, uh, just based on what's going to be happening, if they're going to try and maybe take advantage of some of the teams that are at the bottom half of this league that we know are not going to go anywhere, uh, and maybe take advantage of trying to get a couple of their big players to separate themselves from the league. And that will lead us right into the last segment of the night. We're going to go into the rankings. And we're going to go into the predictions for next week, for this week's matchups. Um, we did get the power rankings that came out right before the show. So we do have that for this week. Um, going right into it, we're going to make it quick. Uh, the has-beens uh, are sitting there at number one uh, at a 4 run record, even though they did lose uh, with the Dick Knuckle Push sitting behind them at number two. Um, after getting a win and being at 4-1, and one, just right out of the gate, what do you guys think of that? Uh, kind of unbelievable to me that you tend to hang out um, at the top of the league there after you have a loss like you did uh, to one of the bottom-tier teams in the league. Somehow, last week, the knuckle push drops multiple spots after losing to a top-tier team and a team that scored the highest point total in the league. And and then this the has-beens lose this week to one of the lower teams in the league, yet they remain at the top of the rankings. It's really mystifying to me. You have to question the integrity of these rankings. Who's writing these? We can't be for sure, but you know what? I, one thing I'm thinking is they were probably out drinking um, on Sunday with the owner of Hashtags Fantasy Lives Matter, uh, and they may have been drinking during this week. I don't know when these rankings were written. Who knows? But um, what do you what are you thinking, Jeff? Yeah, this is all wrong. At, at the best, he's number three. I got Dick Knuckle Push and the cockeyed sucking bulls in front of him. I mean, not only did he lose, but he got called out. He couldn't rally the troops. Absolutely, they questions his manhood. Couldn't agree he's more. He's not number one. Couldn't agree more. Got called out. Got beat. Somehow still winds up at the top of the of the leaderboard here in the power rankings, which I don't agree. Even just looking at his team, it doesn't seem to me this is a team that uh, should be at the top of the power rankings. Now going down, uh, number four, the Daily Llamas. That was a very disappointing week. Had a couple had a couple guys on buys. Um, a guy, you know, Latavius Murray being injured that hurts. 
Um, but a very disappointing uh, week five. Uh, but they're sitting at number four, going against a tough Triple T's team that has kind of been up and down with with the way they've been scoring. So that's going to be an interesting matchup. Uh, number five, Triple T's. Uh, they're going against the Daily Llamas. Um, this is another team that's sitting there. We just think it's sooner or later they're going to break out, right? I mean, sooner or later it's going to happen. I'm expecting this Tim's terrific team to really uh, – Break out at some point, but like we said, uh, even with the MFers team, when does this potential turn into wins? And it has not yet happened. I li- I know the season is long, and I know they ended up getting a win this week, but Tim's terrific team need to, you know, it might be getting close to the time where we start to press a little bit. Uh, this is a team that hasn't been very active on the waiver wire. That hasn't been very active in the trading in the trading block. This is a team that maybe needs to start getting a little bit more engaged. Yeah, does he know his team? But he needs to start looking for a couple other pe- pieces that maybe maybe this is kind of a little fire starter for the for the uh, for the lineup uh, because they're going to need to string together a couple wins at some point here. Uh, this is a tough grouping for me right here. The Llamas, Tim's terrific team, Rowdy Rafter bunch. It's hard to say. Uh, you know, this might be a rotating group right here. And after this big win, big win last week against the Hasbins, maybe Fantasy Lives Matter pushes themselves up into this group. Even that's very true. I mean, this is—I mean—they're two and three now. Uh, after this week, you know, you're looking at maybe getting to 500. Hopefully, like we talked about before, can Aaron Rodgers get his team going? Basically, um, if Aaron Rodgers gets the offense going. Hashtag fantasy lives matters gets going. Um, if he can get to three and three, I think it changes a lot of his perspective for this for the outcome of his season. Um, but eight, nine, and ten, I can't disagree with. These are the three worst teams in the league right now. Even though we think the MFers should be way, you know, should be completely flip flopped. It should be at the top of the league, but they're at the bottom. Um, but these three, these three teams, I can't disagree with totally agree uh you know as always i'm really low on this doug's lemmings team i I, you know i have to say it is hard for me to watch uh, a talent like david johnson get wasted on an owner that is clearly not engaged in this season this is a guy that's won the league multiple times you start to question how in the world did that ever happen what was rigged what type of algorithms were they sending to yahoo so they win every week during those seasons uh, a lot of questions there maybe some performance enhancing and drugs involved uh, you know it's hard to say uh and then blue water tower and the replacements uh you know, if Cam doesn't fly, the you know the the water tower sinks, and the water tower is sinking currently, and uh, the replacements. Uh, this is a team we've been waiting for them to explode, but it's just not happening. Uh, at what point are are these ranking? You know, at what point with them sitting at the bottom of the rankings do, do we come to find out that this is this is where they belong? It's kind of sad. I think it's one of those situations that this is just how his year is going to be. You know, it, it's one of those things where he, on paper, he drafted very well. He had a lot of draft picks early in the draft. He drafted very well, and it's just not working out. And this is a, this is a team that maybe it's finally coming to light, that this is not going to work out anymore. I'm glad he changed his name from the replacements because what a sad situation to have such a great movie with Keanu Reeves represented by such a bad team. I mean, they're bad in every sense of the word. Not to say they're. Yeah, Doug's Lemmings, loser party coming up. 
Blue Water Tower, no, but man, Fantasy Lives Matter. I love that team. I am so big on them. He's got those players pumped. They're foaming at the mouth. They're doing Neanderthal drills. They're doing pull in the ring. They're hitting each other. Fantasy Lives Matter is on the move. Couldn't agree more. Strong take. We're going to go into the uh, matchups this week. Um, let's get right into hashtag Fantasy Lives Matter. They're going up against the MFers. Uh, we have a 2-3 and three team going up against an 0-5 team. Projected-wise, this is going to be a close game projected-wise. Now, we've seen in the last couple of weeks that these projections don't mean anything. Um, but what do you guys think going into this into this week as far as the matchup goes uh, for the outcome this week? Well, I got to say, um, just kind of taking a look here, uh, every week I keep to say, well, this is a week for the MFers. This is a week for the MFers. Uh, you know what? I'm going Fantasy Lives Matter this week. I think that, like we just heard from Jeff, this is a guy uh, that's pulling that van up to the practice lot. He's taking a look at what these, t- you know, what these owners are doing with their teams, pushing the sled, running some drills, and uh, he's liking what he's seeing. So I have to stay hot with the hot hand here. I'm going Fantasy Lives Matter. They're knocking off one of the favorite teams teams from past years, the has-beens last week, and we're going up to knock down what was really considered the favorite at the beginning of this year, and he will be taking down the MF for this this week. Yeah, I, I talked to the owner over there at Fantasy Life Matters, and I said, maybe you don't want to say much, you know, the old don't poke a sleeping dog, but he said, yeah, but you bury a dead dog, you know, and, and that's what motherfuckers is, so Fantasy Life Matters, he's going to win this game. It's not going to be close. I'm looking at 35-40 point difference. So, wow. that's uh, I, It's I, over. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, I mean, you see some of the matchups for this week. Um, you know, the MFers have a lot of tough matchups. Uh, it could benefit hashtag Fantasy Lives Matter. It's going to be fun to watch. I think that's going to be a good one. I'm going to go with hashtag Fantasy Lives Matter with you guys. I think that's going to be a win. Uh, we're going to see the MFers just another disappointing loss. Um, let's go into the Triple T's against the Daily Llamas. I think this is a game that may determine both these teams' seasons. Totally agree. If you look at these teams, this a win for either one of these teams could completely change their season. A loss for this team could completely change their season and, and the outlook of what's happening. What do you What do you think, Jeff? Yeah, yeah. This is actually Robert. One of the two matchups I'm looking most forward to. I mean, whoever wins this, you know, they're um, they're kind of putting themselves in a good situation for the playoffs. Whoever loses, you know, they're they're maybe moving down to six or seven spots. So. Um, I'm looking at the, I don't know who's going to win this. That's why I'm so excited. This is going to be a great game. It's going to be fun to watch. I, I, I don't know who's going to win this game. I'm going to go with the Triple T's. What do you think, Dean? Yeah, just taking a look here. This is uh, another game that's probably going to come down to the wire. I think this does determine both of the seasons here. Um, you know, this could put the Daily Llamas, if they lose this game, which right now they are projected to lose, uh, this could put them in a situation uh, where they start pressing a little bit, maybe make another one of those poor trades. Uh, you know, we're not sure, but I have to go, and I'm just I'm going with the breakout pick this week. I'm going TTT. I like Tim's terrific team. I got to go with them on this one. All right, across the board. Here we go. All right, let's move on to the next one. We got the cockeyed sucking bulls against the blue water tower. Unfortunately, just by the just by the way that the blue water tower looks right now with this team, 
I have to go with the Bulls somehow going to win again unless they fall on their face. I mean, they're projected to blow this game right out of the water. I don't like it, and I don't want to talk about it anymore. Completely agree. I got to unfortunately go Bulls here. I mean, is this an owner that I'm really starting to dislike? Yeah, this guy's really cocky. Uh, This guy doesn't know when to stop, uh, doesn't know when to keep his mouth shut, you know. Let your let your players do the talking for you, but I gotta go Bulls here. This Blue Water Tower team, I see this as a sinking ship, unfortunately, and I think it might be going down fast. Couldn't agree more, Jeff. Let's get your pick. What do you think? Uh, real quick, I'm gonna go out on a limb. I'm gonna say if Blue Water Tower is ever gonna turn it around, it's gonna be now. I think Jamal Charles coming back to the lineup is gonna light a fire. And I see him pulling off an upset. I mean, it's going to be an upset, but that's who I'm picking. Okay. Nobody be like. more pleased than this guy over here. I couldn't. If, if we saw that, this this would be, we would throw a celebration next week on the edition of the podcast because that would be something special. We're going to go to the Dick Knuckle Push, going against the Doug Lemmings. This is another game that's hopefully, hopefully, probably going to be a blowout for the Knuckle Push. He's got Drew Brees back on the lineup. It looks like he's put together a lineup that's just below Doug's Lemmings out of the water. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with Dick Knuckle Push here. I'm real high on the Dick Knuckle Push team. Uh, I think that trip up, uh, what we saw against uh, the Bulls uh, in, the, in, in week four uh, was simply just an, a team outperforming what it's capable of in the Bulls. Uh, this miss this like it says in the rankings this week. This Dick Knuckle Push team is Mr. Consistency, and this Doug Lemming team. If the Blue Water Tower is a sinking ship, this Doug Lemming's team is living at the bottom of the ocean because this team is awful. Yeah, I see. Uh, I actually think that Dick Knuckle Push may put up the high point total of the season this week. He's got Drew Brees at home against a struggling Carolina defense. Uh, he's got Lev Bell going against Miami. He's got Delaney Walker going against Cleveland. Uh, he's got Forte going against an Arizona defense. It's really been struggling late. Uh, I see him breaking maybe 215 this week. Now, you are making some wow. bold predictions Loving this it, week. Jeff. I love that, Jeff. Bringing some serious heat. Uh, let's go to the Rowdy Rafter Bunch against the Hasbens. I think this is going to be a close matchup, uh, but maybe with the new trade for the Rowdy Rafter Bunch, maybe that puts them over the top. The Hasbins are coming off a loss. Um, they didn't perform like they like they wanted to last week. Is this is this a game where they're going to try and bounce back and maybe put up 180 points or some crazy number like that? You know what I'm seeing here is I really think that the uh, Rowdy Rafter bunch has a strong chance at pulling this one out. Um, you know I think the Hasbins have a couple matchups here that could prove to be tough for that team. Um, and uh, like we said, they are coming off of a loss, and uh, the Rowdy Rafter Bunch may have a little bit of life infused to that team after the trade going through this week. Um, so this one, I'm going to have to go Rowdy Rafter Bunch. They have the projected uh, winning total right now, so I'm going Rowdy Rafter Bunch. The has keep on rolling with, the, uh, with their second loss of the season here. I'm seeing the same thing here. has are going down. That's what life's all about, ups and downs, and he's in the downturn. The uh, Rowdy Rafter Bunch to get a shot in the arm with a new quarterback. Moved a horrible receiver for him. Still not sure how that took place. But he's got a great, great quarterback coming in. A great team. Rowdy Rafter Bunch wins this one by 13 points. 
Wow, I like the specifics on that too. Man, bringing some real heat. I like it. It's going to be another exciting week. Uh, we may see some blowouts uh, more than what we have seen in previous weeks, but I think teams are going to start separating themselves a little bit. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be another great week. Uh, we can't wait to come back next week to talk about what happened. Uh, it, it's been fun again tonight. Uh, we can't wait to come back. Enjoy this weekend. Get all the football in you can. Eat some chili. Have, some, have a couple beers. Enjoy it. We'll talk to you next time. If you guys know the words, sing it. Here it comes. Ready? Let's go. Come on.